You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in on a Thursday edition of the podcast. I hope you all are doing well. And you, the listeners, are programming today's podcast. It's a listener mailbag edition of the show. We'll weigh in with some of the news and notes with regards to BYU sports, including a big signing for the BYU men's basketball program, a couple other things. But by and large, you guys will have your say today. I asked for questions earlier this week on the podcast, as well as reaching out on social media. And boy, howdy, did you guys respond. We will get to as many of them as we possibly can ahead on today's show. It's all brought to you today in part by our good friends at Built Go. We'll tell you a little bit more about them later on as the podcast unfolds. All right, without further ado, let's get going here. This is the Locked On Cougars podcast for November 12th, 2020. What's up, guys? I'm Jake Hatch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, resident BYU insider. A big thank you once again for joining us. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. And you know what? Today's show is going to be a lot of fun. I love doing listener mailbag segments of the show, but listener mailbag shows where the entire show is programmed by you guys tend to be a lot more fun because you guys have your say. I may be the only one talking, but you guys do have your say on the podcast. And in essence, you guys are programming the show today. So, we're going to have a lot of fun. And a big thank you once again for taking the time. Make sure if you haven't done so already, if you're new to the show, we aim to be your one-stop shop for all the BYU sports news you need to know about each and every day, as well as passing along insider tidbits you will not find anywhere else, all in a nice, neat, tidy package of about 30 minutes or less. We want to make it so you guys can get in, get out, but also be the smartest BYU fans in the room. So a big thank you once again for your support of the show. And I love talking with you guys. So starting off today's show, an interesting question that actually came in from a parody account based on what I understand and that's Lavelle's wristwatch and I know it's a really weird name to talk about but Lavelle's wristwatch on it's Lavelle's watch on Twitter uh, reached out to me and asked the question Jake how did you get into podcasting slash working for the Locked On Podcast Network now that's a very interesting question Lavelle's wristwatch let's start there I broke into working in podcasting about the same time I got into working in sports media. I started working with Greg Rubel and KSL News Radio, and he was still working for KSL in 2010. I worked the football season and the following basketball season. Of course, that's the year that Jimmer Fredette went on to be the Naismith National Player of the Year. What a marvelous year it was to break into sports media that way. But as I got into the market and started working in things, well, podcasting was just really kind of taking off. It became a really uh, niche market. A lot of people were starting to do podcasts and the like. And had I done it differently, I'd probably be podcasting back then and then carried it on into the future. But I became a big fan of listening to podcasts. That was my biggest intro to it is because I love the on-demand nature. And I know that many of you listening to the show have told me you love the fact that this podcast is available to you whenever you've got the spare time to listen to it. Many of you listen to this show driving on your commutes. Uh, Many of you do it while you're working out, doing chores around the home, fulfilling your honey-do list. I don't know what it is that you do, but the nice part is it's on demand and it's there for you when you are able to consume it. It's a little bit different than what I do in my day job. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City. We are, of course, the Utah Jazz flagship station, and I work on a daily radio show, DJ and PK in the morning. We're on from 6 to 10 a.m. 
a.m. So if you want to join us there, well, guess what? You may not be able to hear the entire show because it's four hours and we jump from different topic to different topic. Sometimes it's BYU. Sometimes it's Utah. Sometimes it's the Utah Jazz, NFL, Major League Baseball. We hit it all. The one nice thing about podcasting is you can pick and choose what topics you want to listen to because there are multiple shows that do multiple things. On this show, we talk BYU sports. The Locked On Podcast Network has teams for everybody out there. If you have a pro team you're a fan of, I would reckon that we either have a host that is hosting that show or we'll have one in short order. For example... I'm a big fan of the San Francisco 49ers in the NFL. Brian Peacock, he hosts Locked On 49ers, and I'm a regular listener to that podcast. But the nice part is I can listen to it anytime I want. In addition, with the Locked On Podcast Network, my background in that well, is when I finished working with Gregor Bell as an intern in 2011, David Locke was looking for interns to work with him doing Utah Jazz broadcasts on what was then KFAN, 1320 AM, for those of you who live here locally along the Wasatch Front. So I spent the next year working with David Locke, getting to know him, and then I got into sports radio, and David started building a Locked On podcast network, and he had expressed interest in me joining the network at some level, and I told him, hey, you know where my passion lies. You know the BYU is the team I have covered for a long time. You know I've got a passion for it. So if and when you decide you want to do a college channel or a college part or a college arm of the Locked On podcast network, I'm your guy for BYU. Well, lo and behold, just about over two years ago now, David Locke said, hey, I'm cashing in that that request you had. You're going to be the host of Locked On Cougars. And it's been a fun, fun two plus years. We've done 600 and some odd episodes to this point. And I have to say, I don't plan on stopping anytime soon. So I love doing this. This is a great question, Lavelle's wristwatch. And a big thank you for reaching out. Uh, I know that you guys probably wonder a little bit more about my background, et cetera. But yeah, I worked in sports radio. I became a big fan of podcasts simply due to the on-demand nature of them because I could consume them when I had time. And I think many of you listening to this can understand exactly what I'm talking about because I think it's the same situation that you find yourselves in. Yes, you may be able to listen to sports radio for 10 to 15 minutes here or there, but you're not going to get the whole package of that show. That's what the nice part about this podcast is we aim to be done in about 30 minutes make sure you guys are the smartest fans out there so big thank you for reaching out Lavelle's wristwatch and a big thank you for asking that question another great question it's actually more of a follow-up based on our conversation from yesterday uh Nate reached out he's at just underscore some underscore guy 29 on Twitter and said hey Jake unless I missed you I think you forgot to talk about Kairos Tonga when you're talking about NFL prospects. And then he said, did you get feedback that his injuries uh, may have uh, tanked his stock? Okay, Nate, uh, first off, I did miss on mentioning Kairos Tonga. I probably should have mentioned him because he is a bonafide NFL draft prospect. Everything I'm hearing right now is he's kind of got a middle round grade on him. So anywhere between rounds three and five. And if he goes in the third round, That's some pretty good money as a defensive tackle, especially as a guy who's a return missionary and played out his entire collegiate eligibility. So my apologies for forgetting to put Kairos in that conversation yesterday, but he is absolutely a bonafide NFL draft prospect. There are not many defensive linemen who are going to have the size, speed, athleticism combination that Kairos Tonga had. I think one thing that shows you the athleticism he has and the ability to play from sideline to sideline actually came last week in the game against Boise State. Many of you remember the play where he uh, forced the strip on, uh, who was it? Was it the backup quarterback of that one? Cade Fennigan from Boise State. 
and he had uh, come upfield on a pass rush. Fennigan escaped the pocket, and Kyrus just wheeled around and chased him downfield. And I think it was four, five, six, seven yards downfield before Kyrus caught up with him. Kyrus comes up behind him, strips the ball as he tackles him, and Isaiah Kafusi goes on to recover the ball. Just an absolutely marvelous play. There are not many guys who plays nose tackle, which is the position that Kyrus is slated to play, kind of that big zero or one technique, if you get that uh, parlance. A guy who plays pretty much head up on the center or just off to either side of the center in a defense that can do what he did on that play in particular. So Kyrus is absolutely going to get an option to play in the NFL. So thanks for reaching out, Nate. It was my bad on leaving that out of there. And following that up, uh, Bill also reached out via email and asked, hey, Jake, what are the chances that Troy Warner gets his opportunity in the NFL? So some of you guys, a big thank you for reminding me of guys I forgot on yesterday's show. A lot of notes to get through, and I didn't get through all of them, obviously. But following up on the Kyrus situation with Troy Warner is that Troy will get his look at the NFL. The biggest question for me and for people I have talked to about Troy Warner is how does his medical history check out? It appears by all intent for all excuse me, it appears that for all intents and purposes, the Liz Frank injury that he suffered that cost him the better part of two years, speaking of Troy, is gone. He's playing marvelous this year. He's been an absolute sensation in the secondary for BYU. Safety seems to be the perfect spot for him. I think he could maybe play some nickel cornerback in the NFL if teams really wanted him to, but I think safety is the position that he needs to chase. How will NFL teams see him really only having one big season and how will that affect his draft stock? I would imagine that right now Troy is probably going to be a late round draft pick if he tests well, like with his speed, the weights, all of the different cone drills that go into the NFL combine. If he performs well there, you could see him get his opportunity in that regard, but I think the biggest thing for him is being able to prove it once he gets onto the field in the NFL, regardless if he's, a, if he's an undrafted free agent. He also has some family genes that are helping him out because he currently has a brother, Fred Warner, who might be one of, if not the best middle linebacker in the NFL right now. I know that Utah State fans would be happy to argue that uh, Bobby Wagner is the best middle linebacker in the NFL right now for the Seattle Seahawks, but if he is... Fred Warner's what? 1B to his 1A. Fred Warner's been absolutely marvelous. I know that Troy is a different type of player, but you got to be thinking NFL teams are probably looking at Troy saying, okay, if his brother, who didn't have necessarily the most productive college career and maybe played out of position for a part of his career, could Troy be the next in a family line here who could be a breakout sensation in the NFL? I don't think that Troy gets drafted as highly as his brother, but I do think once Troy makes it into an NFL camp, whether that's as a late-round draft pick or potentially as an undrafted free agent, he's going to turn some heads. I really like Troy's mentality. He's been a fantastic interview with the media this year, and I'm hopeful that both he and Kairos Tonga are part of this draft class upcoming who really make it big in the NFL and kind of help the next few generations of BYU players get their opportunity at the next level. So some great questions from uh, the first three questions on today's show. Some great questions there. We'll get to more here in just a moment. I've got plenty more and of course, way over time here in this first little bit. So we'll get to those in just a moment. Today's show is brought to you though, by our good friends at Bill Go. As I mentioned, I work in sports radio and I do early morning sports talk radio. By and large, many of you who listen uh, to this podcast probably wake up and maybe listen to DJ and PK in the morning. Well, guess what? 
I'm awake way before anybody else. As I like to call it, I wake up at the butt crack of dawn. 3.30 is my normal wake up time when I get into the studio and everything. Essentially, by the time I get home from work, which is in the early afternoon, I'm gassed. I freely admit it. I, I've got a lot going on. And obviously, I have two young children. I'm married. Got a very busy schedule. And there are a lot of days that I've, I'm just completely gassed and looking uh, for something to help me break through. Break through that barrier, I guess is what we'll call it. And Bilko has been a fantastic addition to my diet. What I love about Built Go, guys, it's perfect for the health conscious guy or gal. We talk about the Built family of companies. We've talked about Built Bars a lot. Well, Built Go is just the latest in their line of products. Collagen protein, very easy on the stomach, but it gives you that uh, five-hour energy burst without the crash afterwards. Yeah, that's what I love about it. It helps me break through the barriers, whether they're physical or mental. And in this case, it's more of a physical barrier because my body's just like, dude, we need to shut down. We need to take a nap. Biltco helps me get through the day. And I would encourage you guys to check it out. You can go to Biltco.com, learn more about it. They've got three unique flavors that are available to you now. Easy to consume, 1.5 ounce packages. They fit anywhere. You can put them in your bag, your backpack, no matter what it is. They're easy to transport, easy to eat. And like I said, they're easy on the stomach and actually a good healthy option for you guys if you're looking to break through that barrier. So check it out. That's BuiltGo.com. Right now, use the promo code LOCKED. That's L-O-C-K-E-D. And you get 20% off your next order at BuiltGo.com. Love Built Go. Let them help you break through your barriers, whether they're physical or mental. Let's go with Built Go. All right, rolling on here on a listener mailbag edition of the podcast. Next question that comes up came in on Facebook from Dallin Smith, and he said, who would you like to BYU to play for the New Year's Six or a college football playoff berth? And he said, what would be the final score? Well, I can tell you this much, Dallin. I don't necessarily have a final score for you because their matchups at that point in the year will be so different, I think. I don't know if I think I could give you a score matchup, but I'll tell you this much. I do not, I do not want to see BYU versus Cincinnati. I don't want to see the college football playoff committee who selects the college football playoff four teams as well as the teams who will play in the New Year's Six Bowl games. I don't want to see them take the easy way out and pit the Bearcats against the Cougars. I just think that would be cheap. I hope they don't do it, but also at the same time, I could totally see them saying, all right, we'll stick those two together and we'll play the other big boys against the other big boys. I don't want to see that, though. Any opportunity I feel like for BYU to play a Power 5 team, I'm happy with. But in particular, my personal opinion is, if the Pac-12 is going to get knocked out of the playoff, which they're wont to do, it seems to happen to them year in and year out recently, well, give me the Pac-12 champion. Play the Fiesta Bowl, whether it's Oregon, USC, or Utah, Arizona State, I don't know who. Whoever it is from the Pac-12 that's the champion, if they're not in the college football playoff, give me the Cougars against that team. And I'll tell you what, Dallin, if it's BYU versus a Pac-12 team, my personal gut feeling is I've got BYU having a very good shot at springing the upset. I think BYU was a really, really good football team this year. I think they would love and relish nothing more than to take down one of the big dogs right in their proverbial backyard out here in the western United States. And they beat USC a year ago. How about making it two years in a row? Or tell Oregon, hey, guess what? You guys think you're the big dogs out here in the western U.S.? Well, we're the big dogs, and we're going to show you what's what. I think it would be fantastic to see a Pac-12 team against BYU, but in essence, you give me a Power 5 team for BYU in the New Year's 6, I'll take it. I also, by the way, Dallin, on one other note, 
I don't think BYU is going to make the college football playoff. I just don't see that happening. I just don't think that the powers that be want to see a non-power five uh, pseudo G5, however you want to describe BYU in the playoff. It's their party. They don't want BYU to be part of it. I know that may crush some people and it may sound like I'm down on uh, what BYU has a chance to do, but there got to be a lot of breaks coming if BYU is going to have that opportunity to do it. And I don't know if it ultimately plays out that way. We'll see what happens, but I, I just give me a Pac-12 team in a New Year's Six game, and I think it'd be just a marvelous, marvelous season for BYU. On to another related question to that, and that comes in from Nate Slack, our good friend. And me and him were going back and forth earlier this week, and he asked the question, and I'm going to address one of the questions he had that, that prompted our conversation here on the podcast. But Nate asked the question, Jake, what do you think? Do you think BYU should go schedule an 11th game? And as I talked about earlier on this week, the the biggest thing with this is I don't think BYU sees any viable options out there right now. And with the news coming out this week, is it four SEC games at this juncture who have been postponed and or canceled? Well, you're going to see some scheduling readjustments happening over the next few weeks across college football. And the SEC is not the only... Uh, well, not the only conference having issues with this. We saw the Pac-12 last week have two of their season opening weekend games canceled. Two more this week could are, are actually not could are still in jeopardy. Uh, Cal ASU as well as Utah UCLA testing results for the Golden Bears and the Utes still have to come back clean if they want to play those games this coming weekend. The funny thing about this is, folks, BYU by by happenstance of playing eight games to their ten game schedule already and sitting at eight and zero. There's a very good chance, and this is just kind of me projecting forward, that BYU may be one of the few teams who plays double-digit games this season without playing in the playoff. I could, in very clear picture, see SEC teams playing eight or nine games and then going into the bowl season or the college football playoff after just playing those games. Right now, the spike that is going on all over the country, not just here at home in Utah, for those of us living along the Wasatch Front, the spike around the country with COVID-19 is having all these games being, being put in peril. It's actually very nice that BYU has gotten through their schedule relatively unscathed sans the Army game earlier this year. So I think that the chances of BYU adding a game with more cancellations coming and it seems like they're not going to stop in the next little bit. I actually think BYU scheduling or adding a game or getting less and less likely. But the funny thing is, if BYU plays out their schedule and they're 10-0 and they're one of the few teams, if not the only team, who's played double-digit games and they're undefeated, it actually may be going a long way to helping them make their case to make the New Year's Six. It's kind of funny how things could shake out here. We all know that 2020 has been a really weird year all the way around, but in, a, in some small, weird way, Maybe, just maybe, the way BYU scheduled their games, obviously on a bye this weekend, sitting at 8-0 now here in November, might have been actually a pretty smart play on the Cougars' part with the wave of COVID-19 making a second uh, wave through the country. And obviously, COVID-19, let me be clear about this, it's awful. Do everything you can do to protect yourself, your family, your loved ones from this virus. It's not a joke, folks. I know many of you are upset about mask mandates here in the state of Utah, etc. The biggest thing is let's all be smart and help get this spike under control. We want to help keep our loved ones around, especially those at risk. So with that being said, 
it is almost serendipitous that BYU, funny enough, is sitting at 8-0 and could be one of the few teams going into the bowl season looking to make the New Year's Six who's played double-digit bowl games. And if I'm the Cougars at that point, I'm like, hey, we played the most games, we won the most games. What are you going to argue against now? I think it's a very valid argument. We'll see if it has any weight and any bearing for BYU as they get ready for the bowl season. So some great questions. A big thank you to all of you who have weighed in. It's been a ton of fun uh, to hear from you guys and have your questions on today's podcast. Coming up here in just a moment. And by the way, if I didn't get to your question today, I apologize. Just ran out of time. We'll get to more of them next week. I look forward to making this a weekly thing, if at all possible. So if you guys have questions of any type, my background, what I like to do, all the different things that go into the podcast, even just simple questions about BYU sports, the machinations of college football and college basketball. I'm happy to address them. So feel free to reach out anytime. Follow the show on social media. It's on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Search it out at Locked On Cougars. My personal Twitter handle, if you'd like to weigh in there or send in questions, is Jacob C. Hatch. Or you can email the show anytime. LockedOnBYU at gmail.com is the email address to reach out to the show that way. So thank you once again for all of your questions. It was a blast to address some of them this week. And like I said, if I don't if I did not get to them. We'll get to more of them on next week's edition of the Mailbag segment. So make sure to send them in now if you've got them. All right, and one other thing real quick before we catch up on some of the other news and notes with regards to BYU sports is if you guys would like to advertise with the podcast, there's no better time to hop in than right now with the Locked On Podcast Network and Locked On Cougars. Our download numbers, I mean this sincerely, folks, month over month for the last four months, we've had our highest listened to download numbers every month. We've broken the record. We're on track to break that record again this month. So if you'd like to be part of the podcast network and get your product, your company, your uh, business, whatever it might be, out in front of BYU fans by the thousands, and I mean that, there are thousands of BYU fans listening to this podcast every day, feel free to reach out now. Locked on BYU at gmail.com. Love to get you on the path to having advertising success in the podcast sphere. And you can do it right here with Locked On Cougars and the Locked On Podcast Network. All right, guys, as we close out this Thursday edition of the show, a heads up tomorrow, we'll talk a little more BYU basketball for those of you who are the hoops junkies on the podcast. Going to have a chance to speak with BYU coaches and players today, so we'll have more of that on tomorrow's show. But I wanted to run down some of the news around BYU basketball as well as women's soccer and women's gymnastics. It's the early signing period for those sports, and of course, some players are going to sign their national letters of intent right as soon as they're able to. Other ones may straggle in later on. But yesterday, Jake Wallen from Timview High School Recently committed to play for BYU, signed his national letter of intent to play for the BYU basketball program. He is the brother-in-law of Harvey Longy and Kobe Pearson, who are players for the BYU football program, but he will play hoops for the Cougars. And I'm looking forward to seeing Wallen in a BYU uniform after his mission. He's a fantastic prospect from right up the road there at Timview High School. And he'll make that short trip down to the BYU Marriott Center Annex and start playing for the BYU basketball program here in the next little while. But I think this is a fantastic addition. And congratulations to Jake Wallen on making it official to join the BYU men's basketball program. We'll probably have more, some more comments on that from Mark Pope tomorrow on the podcast once we have a chance to speak with him today. Also wanted to give a shout out to BYU Gymnastics signings Mina Margraf from Spring, Texas, as well as Jaslyn Wood from Riverside, California for joining Guard Young's program in the gymnastics realm. Best of luck to both of them as Guard Young continues to build that program. 
It's a top 25 ranked team. They're hoping to make an NCAA championship and really challenge Utah at some point down the road here. I think the odds may be stacked against them a little bit, but Guard Young's doing his absolute best. So best of luck to the women's gymnastics program. And then also women's soccer adding uh, six new players to their signing class yesterday. Three of them coming from American Fork High School right up the road in Utah Valley. Addie Gardner, a forward, Ruby Hladik, a midfielder and forward, as well as Josie Shepard, a midfielder, also playing for the Cave Women, I guess we'll call it Cave Women, from American Fork High School, joining the BYU Women's Soccer Program. Kelsey Hoops, a goalkeeper from Livermore, California, played at Livermore High. She joins the team, as well as J.C. Wood, who's a forward-slash-midfielder from Las Vegas in Desert Oasis High School. And then finally, Caroline Stringfellow, a midfielder and forward from Syracuse High. So a lot of attacking talent for the women's soccer program, joining the team in the early signing window. Jennifer Rockwood's got a great program and great things going there with the women's soccer program for BYU. And here's hoping that all six of these players go on to stardom for BYU women's soccer. All right, so there you go. Wanted to catch up on everything going on in BYU sports. We'll make sure to pass along any other signings as they come in for these different programs with the early signing period underway. And good to see all of those athletes making it official. They will be Cougars in the future in Provo. All right, that'll do it for this Thursday edition of the show. Once again, a big thank you for you guys submitting your questions on social media and also via email. It's a blast to hear from you guys. So if you guys do have more questions, feel free to send them in now. We'll address them as quickly as we possibly can, get you the answers you're looking for. And like I said, we aim to make you guys the smartest BYU fans in the room. And that's part of the deal here. As you guys ask the questions, I'm happy to get you the answers that I can get you and make sure you guys know what you need to know. All right, that'll do it. A big thank you once again for joining us. Have a great rest of your day. Thanks again for your support of the show. This has been the Locked On Cougars podcast from November 12th, 2020. And we will talk to you guys manana.